You're listening to a special Drishti Point podcast. I'm Farah Nasrali, and I'm here on the phone with Sri Sri Ravi Shankar. Sri Sri Ravi Shankar is a humanitarian leader, spiritual teacher, and an ambassador of peace. His vision of a stress-free, violence-free society has united millions of people around the world through service projects and courses offered by the Art of Living. The Art of Living is a nonprofit educational and humanitarian organization that offers educational and self-development programs that offer powerful tools to eliminate stress and foster a sense of well-being. There are currently courses in over 150 countries. And in 1997, Sri Sri co-founded the International Association of Human Values in association with the Art of Living to coordinate sustainable development projects, nurture human values, and initiate conflict resolution. If I were to name all of the honors and awards that Sri Sri has been given, I would be here speaking for many, many minutes. But it suffice to say that it's very much an honor for us to have you on Drishti Point and to speak with you on the topic of nonviolence and yoga and your vision of world peace. Welcome. Yes, you know, today it's uh, very important uh, people wake up to the call of nonviolence. You know, we can't afford to have violence in society anymore because it has become so permissive. Uh, Especially in schools and uh, uh, homes are broken due to violence. Domestic violence is increasing. Trouble all over the world. So we need a safe and secure world and everybody wants safety first. For that we all have to, we all have to, you know, work together. Every NGO, governmental organization, civil society, everyone will have to come together with one common goal of, uh, you know, creating a violence-free, stress-free society. Now, I'm wondering if you can talk about Ahimsa, the precept Ahimsa Paramodharma, Many people, when they think of yoga, they think of yoga postures, or in Vancouver, maybe they think of the pose downward dog. Maybe many of our listeners aren't familiar with Ahimsa and its connection to yoga. I'm wondering if you can define it for you know, us. Yeah, there are eight limbs to yoga. The first one is Yamas. Yama means the rules. In the rule comes Ahimsa. Ahimsa is the very first precept one has to follow before they even enter into the field of yoga. So it's very, very important, ahimsa, truth, uh, and, you know, integrity. These are the qualities which are uh, foremost important for a practitioner of yoga. Now, yoga has, as I said, eight limbs, ahimsa, uh, satya, steya, brahmacharya, parigra, these are called yamas. And then niyamas, then then the purity, inner purity, outer purity. Then comes the asana. Asana is only the exercise part of it or stretch part of it. Is the third step in yoga. So, and it does happen also. There is a uh, there is what is called the reverse uh, direction. That first, when you meditate, if you get to samadhi, 
or if you can do yoga, it also leads you to a non-violent state automatically. So these limbs are like that, that if you catch hold of one of them and pull, like the other uh, legs of the table just come, um, you know, follow, they, they're all interconnected and interdependent. So when you do yoga and meditation, not naturally, you tend to be in ahimsa, or you tend to be non-violent, you tend to be more cooperative and more the you know peaceful in your uh, behavior and in your dealings with people. Now, many yoga masters recommend a vegetarian diet um, as part of yoga practice. Can you speak about the benefits of a vegetarian diet and its effect on the mind, the body, the consciousness? You know, there are a number of articles and research work you know, is available on the benefits of vegetarian diet. You know, one can go into the Google and find out. To just mention a few, you know, the herbivoral, herbivoral uh, animals, they all have a substance called talin in their saliva. And human beings also have. This indicates we are born to be vegetarians. Our immediate ancestors, the monkeys are vegetarian. And apes are vegetarian. You feel, feel the horse is vegetarian. And uh, elephant is a vegetarian. So vegetarian diet is most suitable because the food gets digested in three, four hours time. And then uh, the body, you know, uh, feels lighter and better for any sort of mental and emotional work. Uh, in that sense, I would say uh, vegetarian diet is more suitable for yoga and meditation. Now, uh, when it comes to pranayama, breathing, breathing techniques and higher states of uh, the intuitive state of meditation um, is all dependent on the proper diet, you know, easily digestible uh, diet. Even in that sense, uh, vegetarian food appears to be the most suitable. I don't know, I can't say much about non-veg food because I am a vegetarian from my birth, so I have never experienced uh, non-veg food. But what I've heard from uh, people who have been, you know, I usually don't uh, force their food habits. I say it's open to you, whatever is your habit. But people have reported when they switch to vegetarian diet, they have a sense of well-being. That's mm -hmm. what I have. But it is not a barrier for one to start uh, yoga practices. That's, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Once they start, they have a natural tendency to take on to vegetarian diet. You know, um, it, it seems that you, you talked about this earlier, that there's so much violence in our society, in, in the newspapers, on television, in our movies. It seems even our culture celebrates violence. How important is it to be aware of what we take in through the senses, what we watch, what we read, what we listen to, and what impact do violent images and violent music have on people who want to succeed in a meditation practice? Uh, you know, uh, when you meditate, 
as you feel calm and peaceful inside you will move away from the violent uh, tendencies or violent entertainment as that you see mm-hmm. so uh, it it works two ways <laughs> mhm mhm okay wonderful wonderful talking to you all thank you can i can we okay. ask one one more question okay one last question arthik okay um what's the connection can you help us understand the connection between inner peace and world peace how does um finding peace within you help us contribute to a a peaceful world <laughs> it's so obvious you see if you are agitated especially the leaders are agitated they will take such decision which would impact uh, millions of lives and that's what exactly happened in iraq when one guy one president uh, he was so uh, disturbed and uh, his decision made a big difference in the for the people of the country so when the leaders meditate they find inner peace their whole approach will be of cooperation and that's how the world peace will uh, will become a permanent reality uh, if people are agitated because all agitation wars they sprout in the mind of an individual mm-hmm. so individual peace is absolutely essential for world peace mm-hmm. okay Thank you so much. Okay. All the best. Thank you. Thank you. We hope right. that you'll come to Vancouver soon. Yeah, I'll come soon.